0: Hello everyone, and um, welcome back to the Bundesliga show brought to you by Over the Bar. Um yeah, match day fifteen review show incoming. Um got well, a really good um show lined up for you, of course, as we've already kind of mentioned on Twitter and everywhere else. We're gonna go over Another interesting uh, Match Day 15 in terms of our review featured for. We've got another very interesting talking point of the week. Probably react a little bit to the European draws and all redraws. Uh, of course, <laughs> that have been going around today. And we've got a brilliant guest as well. We're very pleased to, to be bringing you in one uh, minute's time or so. Um, of course, this show is uh, brought to you by or in partnership with the brilliant Bundesliga boxes Um, I've got my usual uh, Wattenscheit t-shirt on provided by the guys at Bundesliga boxes they're a mystery authentic German t-shirt provider Um, so go check them out on Twitter or find them on their website fantastic company we're very happy to be in partnership with them this season and finally if you do like this video please do drop us a like, give that a thumbs up uh, on this video or indeed uh, any of our kind of content. Comment along. Uh, Obviously, if you're watching on Twitter, jump across to YouTube so you can join us properly on the live chat. Uh, Get interacting with us tonight if you can do. uh, And obviously, you may have a couple of questions for our guest who is incoming. And of course, please do press the red button and get subscribing to the channel. Um, righty-ho then, so let's just go straight over to to you, Mark, with some scores and then we'll
1: bring in our guest. Yeah, so it's been another enjoyable, obviously, week 15. Now we're getting closer and closer to that winter break, aren't we, which will happen in two rounds time. Actually, we'll talk a bit more about that later on. But yeah, Friday night, we started with a a very rare away win for Augsburg in Cologne. Yeah, I think that was their first away win of the season and their first win in round about a year on the road as well. So congratulations to them for that. Yeah, Bayern continued their form with a 2-1 win over Mainz. RB Leipzig, obviously the, the first game under Daniel Tedesco, this one, ended in a 4-1 win over Gladbach, who are just having a nightmare at the minute, aren't they? Hoffenheim winning the Baden-Württemberg derby 2-1 in Freiburg her berlin getting a, a solid 2-0 win over armenia bielefeld then we had the the new Riviera derby then we obviously with schalke being relegated this season bochum and dortmund playing out a one-all draw then yeah uh, rory's boy stuttgart getting a really impressive 2-0 win in wolfsburg their resurgence continues And then, yeah, I didn't think we'd be saying it this season, but Greutherford have won a game of football in the Bundesliga with a 1-0 win, a very impressive 1-0 win over high-flying Union Berlin. Then we ended on a classic, didn't we, with a 5-2 win for Frankfurt over previously on form Bayer Leverkusen. So, yeah, another entertaining weekend of football and over to Rory to introduce our guest.
0: Yeah, let's do it. Let's get him in without any further delay. So we're very happy to be bringing to you guys. So it's Ed Zalasky. Uh Ed is a Hertha Berlin fan and um, a co-host on the Hertha Berlin English speaking podcast. Don't poke the bar. Uh, so let's bring him in right now. Good evening, Ed. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm doing well. How are you guys? Yeah, doing very well. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, well, looking forward to um, a really good show. Obviously, we'll we'll be covering your boys, Hertha Berlin, at some point during our featured four, of course. Um, so, just, just basically, you pleased with the the two nil win? Um, bit of a, a bounce back for your boys, at least since the the head coach change. No,
2: absolutely. I think let alone the result, which obviously the three points were huge given what the table is like and how everybody below us seems to keep winning. So, I mean, it really has been a must-win every single week. But we just played well. I thought we were the better team throughout the match. I don't think Bielefeld even had a shot on target, and we'll go into more of that later. But, no, no yeah. I, I think we've really seen an improvement the, the past two matches ever since uh, Dardai left.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Well, yeah. We'll come across Hertha at some point during the OTB's Featured 4. So, Mark, yeah, over to you. Let's, Let's start the countdown
1: yeah for sure so obviously we're back to a feature four obviously last week the games were so good that we went to a featured five for i think the first time ever but yeah i mean this week was still entertaining but we're back down to a featured four this week so yeah where better place to start really than i mean it was that miracle victory wasn't it i mean i think none of us predicted this result i think i predicted 3-1 to union berlin but yeah it was i would say a famous win really for greater over union berlin I mean, uh, Ed, did you see this one coming, really? Or were you surprised about the result? I was shocked.
2: Um, I, well, I mean, I, really, I shouldn't. Ferd played decently well against us. And I mean, honestly, they, they took the lead. So I'm never going to complain when I see Union lose. But <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't think
1: uh, Ferd
0: stood a chance at
1: all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I totally a, agree. Oh, yeah, going over to you, Rory. Yeah, yeah
0: sorry, no, I was just going to say, yeah, it was, an, it was an interesting game and and obviously on the face of it, a, a gritty 1-0 win isn't necessarily a game that would always feature in our in our featured four, is it? But I think it is purely for a bit of nostalgia and kind of that, that sense of finally them getting over the mark, the fact that they did get the win. Um, I think obviously a lot, was owed to um, a couple of things. Firstly, the fact that Union maybe took them lightly. They arrested Taiwo Awonye, uh obviously from their exploits um, in the Europa Conference League, which obviously will now no longer be a problem, um, as they'll be able to refocus their attentions. And then um, the, the performance of the goalkeeper. Um, so Sasa Burkhardt, who came in for, um, I forget his first name, but Funk, the goalkeeper, and he'd been having a bit of a, well, a stinker, so to speak. So, um, Ed, do you think a there was a bit of a sense of underestimating Furt from the from the Union Berlin point of view, and then b do you think the goalkeeper did a, a good job?
2: Well, so Sasha is actually a Hertha kid as well. So he came up through Hertha's academy, played. I think he made a few appearances for the first team, played a lot for the second team. So it was yeah. nice to see him come in and make. I think it was six saves in the match. Yeah. He, he played well. I mean, it was the match, Union dominated the ball, had a lot of sh- I mean, they had six shots on target. Mm-hmm. I think they took them lightly. I, <laughs> I, I I don't think you can say that. They clearly did not look as sharp as you would expect. Maybe it's the continental hangover. They're a little mm-hmm. bit disappointed from going out in the Europa League, but whatever it was, it did not look like they were prepared for that kind of fight.
0: hmm And, Ed, what 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 do um, Furt need to do to to back this up and, and can they basically?
2: <laughs> I would say no. I don't. They're just not good. And I think when you yeah. saw them get promoted, they're clearly the weakest team in the league. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there really was much that they could do, or, And I don't think you can make changes enough that would really give them a realistic chance at staying up. They're so far adrift at this point that they, I mean, really, it's more just consolidating, try not to embarrass yourselves and regroup next year. You know, you, you got this bonus year of playing in the top division, you get money. I don't, I really don't see what they can do. They're, you know, they, they're a smaller club. They're not one of the big boys. So to even get to the Bundesliga, I think for them is a great accomplishment, but mm. I, I don't see anything that they could do. You know, they, they weren't even that great against Union I, Union was still the better team, they just couldn't take their chances.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, it was it was an absolute horror story for your obviously rival team Union Berlin. I mean, they, it would have been a long, long trip back up to Berlin after that one for them, that's for sure. I mean, obviously, going out of the Conference League as you mentioned before on Thursday night. I mean, you know, they probably didn't quite do enough to win that game against Slavia Prague either. But I mean, this was an absolute horror show of a performance for me, really. I mean, what I mean, Union had conceded sorry, th- conceded thirteen goals in the previous two league games against obviously hoffenheim yeah i mean that's actually their first ever win at home in the bundesliga incredibly as well like the last the last season they played they didn't win any games at home in their 17 matches and i think this was what their eighth match at home so that's the first win in 25 games at home in the bundesliga so yeah i mean their fans are i mean i live kind of near to Furt as well and their fans are really really celebrating trust me you know i mean it's like winning the cup for them pretty much so yeah congratulations to fur but you know work to be done for union berlin after that one because it was a real horror show for them as you say Ed, they were the better side but i mean failing to score passes third side is It's a catastrophe, really, for any team, let's be honest. And yeah, obviously, Union are the first victims of the mighty Greuter Furt this year. And let's see if there'll be any others. Maybe starting with Dortmund this Wednesday night. Who knows? (laughs) Possible. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah, so
1: let's move on. Yeah, obviously, to uh, one of the big games we're going to cover this week. Obviously, Ed's team, Hertha Berlin. Yeah, I think you mentioned before, Ed, that it was a really, really good performance from uh, the Berlin side. I mean, I, I would totally agree. You know, I mean, obviously, it was a game that was only 1 0 until the 95th minute when obviously Selke got a very, very rare goal for him, actually. But yeah, obviously, he put the game beyond doubt. But what do you want to go into a bit more detail? What did you like about this performance from Hertha?
2: Well, it was really, it's been a change. So in both eras under Paul Dardai, in theory, we're supposed to be a very solid defense first kind of team, which I realized kind of goes against what uh, the club was supposed to be after Lars Ventors invested all of his millions. We were supposed to be, you know, big city club, for better or for worse. So really for most of the season, we've just been anemic and attack and Chorus in defense. We didn't see any of that on Saturday. It was just a completely different performance. We were on the front foot. I would say almost the entire match. We had, I think, about sixty percent of the possession. Our passing was good. We, you know, we're using a four-four-two. So you're seeing kind of that interplay between belfado and Stefan Jovetic. Mm. And Jovetic, you're really starting to see what he can bring. This is the first time he's really been fit. Since he joined the club, Uh, he had COVID, he's been hurt. And now I I think you're just reaping those benefits. Uh, Suat Serdar was back, who we very badly missed against Stuttgart. He's just, for me, he's been our player of the season so far. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's just nice to see us playing positively and not going into a match expecting to you know be second best and try to just nick a winner we went out and you know it probably should have been more than you know we should have scored another goal before the 95th minute i know it's just off piontech uh, a couple of decent chances that he missed um but this was still a change that one we didn't concede any goals and two mm. we actually looked the better team and we back you know we, we really backed that up and looked solid i really i think they had one chance it was uh sarah yanni sarah yeah. who i think went just wide no it's kruger there's it kruger
0: yeah who was went just kruger.
2: wide. Um, but other than that they we didn't have that much work to do defensively we were just i mean the better team and we deserved to win
0: yeah i think yeah he very very much spot on the ball there uh, with regards to the performance ads Um Obviously, one disallowed goal before that uh, in the shape of your position being just offside. Uh, a, a goal, uh, well, a goal-saving clearance off the line as well um, at, at one point in the first half as well. So, yeah, very easily could have been four-nil or more. Um, so that that wouldn't have um, it wouldn't have been undeserved. It's the word that I'm looking for. Uh, and defensively, you look a lot stronger. Uh, w- would you say that one big part of maybe the defence now looking A bit more secure is the return of captain on the day, uh, at least on Saturday, uh, in the shape of Derek Boyata. Uh, I'm not sure how often he's been available this season. I I may have missed some uh, of Hertha's games, but I'm fairly sure he's not been around much.
2: No, he's been hurt. I'm not not the biggest Boyata fan. I've watched him for years playing with Celtic, and I think he's still the same type of player for, for us that he was at Celtic where he still makes the same mistakes, but you could get away with it in Scotland because, yeah. I mean, I think the Scottish League is fine, but you have more clinical strikers in the Bundesliga. You would, you would expect to have that, so you get punished more. I think it, it really helped to see more of a system, and it feels like uh, Korkut is putting more trust in the players to play to their abilities where they're not feeling constrained. And I think we, you've seen some of that with what he touched upon in the press conference earlier today, uh, he being Corka. No, Boy- Boyata was fantastic. And I mean, with the defense, there are reports coming from Sky today that Mark Oliver Kempf is going to be joining Hertha at the end of the season on a free transfer. Um, I guess you would say that would probably mean either Niklas Stark or Jordan Tornariga is leaving. Uh, Stark, I know, this has been linked with West Ham and some other English clubs. Tornariga just can never stay hurt. But that's, you know, to the Boyata point, we haven't mm-hmm. had players stay fit. Martin Dardai would probably be another one who would start in center of defense. But he's
0: hurt as well with another muscle injury. Yeah, indeed. Uh, very, Yeah, very interesting stuff. So what what does the, the future style of play maybe look like under the new incumbent head coach then compared to what we saw with Pau Dardai? Uh, and what do you think the ambitions of the club for the rest of the season are, are now going to be?
2: Get out of the relegation scrap fight. I think that really <laughs> has to be the goal. Uh, we for years and years and years, I've I've wanted us to just establish ourselves as a solid top half team. Mm -hmm. And I I know a lot gets uh, thrown around with the amount of money that Lars Vintors has invested. That's not all been spent on players. I know people like to say the 375 million euro, not all of that has gone to players. A lot of it went into the actual club and maintaining, uh, just maintaining the club during the pandemic. So, Yes, you've seen money wasted. I think buying Shislav Piontek was a waste. Buying Dodi Lukabakio for 20 million euros, that's pretty much been a waste. I don't know, maybe he'll show at Wolfsburg that he's, uh, he's worth it. But I really just want to see, I think it's a very uneven squad, but we still have, on paper, the skill and the quality to be eighth or ninth. And that's where I think we should be and use that to build and challenge for
1: a European spot next season. Yeah, for sure. What kind of things do you think have actually held the club back? Because, I mean, here in Germany, like I'm based in Germany, like everyone's kind of been expecting Hertha to kind of, you know, like go to the next level. I mean, if you look at some of the players on your roster now, you know, you've got some great players. Like the likes of Piotr came in with really, really big expectations. I mean, look at the likes of Lucas Toussaint. You know, he's even on the kind of Brazil roster in in the under-23s age, you know, and they just don't seem to do it a lot of the time for Hertha. Like, Do you think there could be some kind of problem within the club or is it just a case of like players maybe joining is like uh, you know like just for the money basically in some cases do you think it, it's absolutely been the club there hasn't
2: been a clear structure and i i've said this you know on our podcast on don't poke the bear that you need to have some sort of plan. So that's what Freddie Bobic has been brought in to do. And there had been some tension reported earlier in the season between Bobic and Dardai. I I think you've kind of seen that. And now Korkut, he's supposed to be here to the end of the season, and then we go after who we want to get. I know their dreams about getting uh, Niko Kovac. Whether that's realistic, I don't know. I don't know why. I, I think we also need to be realistic, but it's been mismanagement. It's just been mismanagement across the board. I know what it's been like just interacting with Hertha, and there's just no communication. There aren't systems. They aren't prepared to really be a modern football club. They came over to the U.S., and we have we have an official fan club in North America. They played, I think it was Frankfurt. If you looked at what Frankfurt had at the game in uh, Orlando or Tampa, they actually had a fan booth out there and they were engaging with their American fans. Hertha had nothing. They didn't communicate with us at all. So the, I think that's just emblematic of how we've been run.
0: Yeah, all very interesting stuff there, Ed. Um, so spe- speaking of how, obviously, Herter did not really engage with you as fans over in, in, in the US, so how, how was your engagement or how was your following with Hertha actually began? Where did the foundations of it start? So
2: it, it started, uh, my mom lived in germany um so i'd always been interested in the bundesliga it was hard growing up in the us to get a lot of bundesliga coverage Mm -hmm. um actually the the team that got me into the sport in the 90s was manchester united and andy cole was my favorite player (laughs) (laughs) and then i got fifa 2000 and i ended up playing you know i was interested in the bundesliga and so i liked stuttgart as well because the that my dad had worked for would do business with Mercedes-Benz, mm-hmm. but I also just thought Berlin was a neat city, and I started playing as Hertha, and they were a, you know, they were a pretty good team in that game. We were, in, that was the year Hertha went to the Champions League, so you still had a lot of those, you know, really good players. Uh, Michael Fritz, even though he was a relatively terrible uh, director of football, he was a very good striker for us. So. Uh, that did it then i studied at the university of leipzig as well as part of they, they had a sister program with uh, the american university that i went to so i actually was then there for herta's title push in the 2008-2009 season and i got to see us beat bocum uh 2 in front of an essentially sold out olympia stadion and it was just it, it was fantastic
0: the atmosphere mm-hmm. was incredible that's, yeah, that's very cool. Uh, speaking of the home stadium, Ed, what, what do you reckon to it in terms of what some people say? Uh, it's maybe a stadium that's too big for the club or the fact that the fans can be a bit of a, you know, a kind of dominating kind of figure on top of the players, and sometimes that's why the players fall, fall victim to the pressure and things like that?
2: You can tell that it is not a true football stadium. Uh, you still are far away. You know, the the sight lines aren't bad, but with the track and uh, Mm -hmm. ultimately it is too big for Hertha. So yes, there are times where we can get 73,000, but we're a team that averages, you know, in the, in the 50,000s and we still feel like we're playing in a half empty stadium. So Mm -hmm. the goal would have to be to build something where you're closer to the pitch, where it's a little more intimate. You have a
0: just, I think, more of a home atmosphere no matter what. Good stuff. Right, before we move on to our to our next game, um, just briefly, Ed, uh, we'd like to put our, our guests on the spot um, just be- with regards to their team. So very quickly, where do you reckon Hertha will finish at the end of the season? And then just afterwards, if you want to plug in your podcast um, as well, just before we move on.
2: So I will say we finish 12th. I think we will be safe of relegation. The, everything is so tight right now that I, mm-hmm. I could easily see us. I mean, Minds are in eighth, and they're three points ahead of us. Cool. So I I think we'll be 12th. I think we'll be safe. I don't think we'll go into the last couple of matches fearing relegation, but we're not going to really challenge anyone. Mm-hmm. And then hours. They have the podcast. So it's uh, Joe and myself. He actually lives in Ohio as well, but he is in the Southwest corner of the state. We've got we've gotten a little slow with it, just um, we've both been really busy at work. He works mm-hmm. for uh, one of the state soccer associations here in the U.S. I'm an nice. attorney, um, but it's usually we go every other week and we talk about everything here today. So I guess it's just a, a nice way for us to vent and get it off our chest because it's quite stressful <laughs> and I will say I saw some of the comments about Mark Oliver Kemp that that just broke today. Um, okay. Beis, um has a Base, um his had uh they've been the ones kind of covering that build reported on the interest prior to us playing Stuttgart and now Sky is saying that it's essentially a done deal.
0: Wow. Well, yeah, that's brilliant business for you boys. That that makes me very sad, I must admit, because he's a brilliant <laughs> player for uh, for us um so i'll be watching that with interest in the next few days well that's brilliant stuff thanks ed for going into a bit more detail and herter and kind of discussing your association with them make sure you uh you go onto twitter and check out the podcast you can follow them uh, and of course ed on twitter as well and we'll got all those details on our on our twitter in our promo tweets and everything else uh so let's move on then with the rest of the top uh top four games
1: Yeah, for sure. Just before we do that, Gary Jones, I think our biggest Bielefeld fan. We just want to get the other side as well on there. I think, uh, yeah, obviously uh, one of our fans back in the UK says, Shame for Bielefeld. I like their style of play. Hope they stay up. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, obviously, they have
1: had a difficult season, Bielefeld, you know, obviously, 10 points from 15 games is not really a very good tie, uh, total, really, is it? Obviously, last season, they did amazingly well, really, to stay up. Like, I think everyone had them down as favourites, really, almost to be like the greater third of this season, really. You know, most people thought they weren't really prepared for the Bundesliga, but they did really well to stay up. But obviously, despite a few good signs like Robin Hack, Yanni Serra, Kruger as well, They've not really quite done it. You know, I, I do question uh, Frank Kramer's team selection at times, really. I mean, we know that Fabian Close has not really done it at times in the Bundesliga. And yet he seems to start every game pretty much at the moment. Um, Rory, do you have any thoughts on that? Would you drop Close or do you think he's right to keep starting him,
0: Uh But I mean, based on the player that I had seen playing for Holstein Kiel in the shape of Yanni Serra, I thought he was a player made for, for Bielefeld. I thought he was a really good signing but that's not, again, that's not kind of translated into the Bundesliga either. Um, he's had chances, but he's not had a long run of games for Bielefeld. So maybe if they back him um, yeah. as a player, that would be something interesting. The, the reason why Klo starts so many games is that he's so long associated with the club. and They know what they're going to get from him. So that is often obviously why they, they'll do so. But that that's obviously, he is not a goal scorer.
1: So that is obviously the problem. Yeah, for sure. And then another comment from patriotic Irish BVB, one of our regular CAC. Yeah, so yeah, that's what German clubs thrive off good compact atmosphere is a bit similar to west ham's move to the olympic stadium yeah yeah i guess that's a good point really i've also been there as well actually to the olympic and i think one thing a lot of people don't realize is that her to get really really big crowds as ed said before i mean for any other team 50 odd thousand is a really yeah. good total but the, the stadium is so big and vast and it still looked half empty even with like 55 56k yeah. in the stadium mm-hmm. And I guess, like, although it is a historic stadium, it's got a really, really big history within German football. You know, I guess maybe a move to a smaller stadium might be an interesting idea further down the line. But um, I don't know if that's really in the pipeline at the moment, but it would be an interesting idea. Yeah. Ed, do you know anything do you think they plan on perhaps in the future moving to a smaller ground, more compact
2: or...? that's that's been the goal for a while now and there's been a lot of push to build a stadium i know the main goal right now is to build on the Olympisch and the olympic grounds so it would essentially be you know right across the field from the olympia stadium i mean that's not even our home stadium here we, we used to have our own stadium back in the 60s but it was sold off um, and then we've played at the various berlin grounds so it Absolutely, is a priority. It's just getting through Berlin politics, and I mean, if you've seen how long it took the city to build an airport, you would know what our
0: chances. But that is absolutely it's a priority for the club building our own stadium.
1: Good stuff, absolutely. Um, Yeah, Uh, yeah.
0: And again, before we move on, let's get through a few more comments that come in um, from another regular, Dan Green. Hope you're doing well, Dan. Dan's asked, do you think there will be much business in the winter transfer window for German clubs? Um, I mean, off off the back of what I've seen so far this season, I think there's a, quite a lot of clubs that could do some interesting business um, in this winter kind of transfer um, period. Uh, and uh, Dan has kind of added a, as an add-on, which clubs do you think will be the busiest? Um Ed, we'll start with your club, obviously, who you've already kind of mentioned one, one name that unfortunately looks like he's going um, out from Stuttgart. Um, any, any other names that have been linked with your boys?
2: Oh, I haven't seen as many names. There are always a lot of names that are linked. I think you are going to see um, moves for a winger, and you, I would expect to see players leave, and I would expect to see... Uh, we have too many players in some positions and not enough in others. We have absolutely no depth on the wings. So I know that has been a priority for Freddie Bobic is getting some wingers and probably a more creative midfielder. I haven't seen many names linked, at least not for uh, mid-season. And the same with Kempf is that he would come at the end of the season when he's out of contract. So we'll see. But honestly, it wouldn't surprise me to see somebody like a Shostov uh move on just because mm-hmm. it, it hasn't worked out. I've never... I've wanted him to do very, very well. I am also of Polish descent, and he was never that great of a player in the extra class. Uh, obviously, he was good enough to get a move to Italy, where he just I mean, exploded in a way I don't think yeah. anybody did, expected him to. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him leave, but I would expect Herta to, to uh, make some moves this window.
0: Yeah, I think one other club that we can maybe see being fairly busy, busy uh, in, in the market is maybe Dortmund. Um, I think they so badly need to prioritise the defensive area of the pitch. They've been um, kind of linked to a number of uh, high-class defenders, and I think that would make sense to go out and do it. Um, for example, uh, someone who seems to have down tools his current club, Lacroix, um, who's obviously got the calibre. I think that is a transfer that would make sense to me. Um, Mark, who do you think in terms of Bundesliga teams needs to make a couple of moves in, in this window then?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously there are a few teams that are struggling from the kind of big boys, you know, I mean, obviously Wolfsburg, but I think for Wolfsburg, it's more a case of just poor management choices, really, than yeah. anything, you know. I mean, we've talked before about, I mean, Van Bommel was, was an error for me, and then Kohfeldt was perhaps even bigger of an error, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah. I still can't get my head around the fact that he coached Wolfsburg, you know what I mean, after the disastrous stint of Werder Bremen, really. Also, I think the likes of Leipzig, for them it's not about signing more players. it's about getting the most out of the current squad basically because they have some really really damn good players in that squad and some players just haven't been playing well under jesse marsh obviously um yeah but i think tedesco i mean we'll talk about that in a minute because i thought they were really really good that was probably their best performance of the season uh, for rb leipzig and i think for me, for a lot of clubs, also Gladbach as well. I mean, they've also got a strong squad, but currently Adi Hooter is just not getting the best out of that squad. And I think there's a lot of Bundesliga teams that have like really good squads at the moment, but they're just not really maximising them. And probably Leipzig and Gladbach are probably the two biggest culprits for that at the minute, really.
0: Yeah, good stuff. Uh, let's move on. A couple more questions coming in. Um, so over to Matteo's question. Evening, Mateo. A um, bit of reaction then to the Champs League and Europa League draws. As we said, we would get through that. So it's very uh, apt that you've asked the question, Matteo. Um, obviously, from, from a Bundesliga point of view, the Champions League draw, um, unfortunately, there was only only one team involved in it. And Bayern have obviously got a fairly appealing draw. So thoroughly expect them to go go flying through in, in that regard and, um, and come out into the quarterfinals and, and well beyond that um any other games jump out to you ed have you seen the champions league draw today or the redraws yeah so
2: i mean obviously psg real madrid would have to be i mean just for the spectacle um i guess i'm, I'm not a big champions league fan because well maybe it's because my club is never in the champions league and i just think it's <laughs> tired seeing the same teams over and over again but no i i think PSG Real Madrid will be absolutely fantastic. I, I am curious to see Bayern and Salzburg. Salzburg just, I think, plays very exciting kind of, you know, football. Mm-hmm. They've arguably been better than their supposed, you know, sister team in Leipzig. If Leipzig is supposed to be Red Bull's you know top priority, I think Salzburg yeah. has done even better.
0: Absolutely agree. Uh, and then Europa League interest. Um, so I think they only drew the the playoff rounds for the, I mean, I'm still not getting all the different rules and regs, so they're doing that at the moment. But so, yeah, so we saw that Dortmund drew Rangers. Um, so that looks like a really interesting, oh, sorry, Celtic, not Rangers. Um, I think that's right actually. No, it was very well, yeah. Yeah, it it interesting. I'm confusing myself. Apologies. Um, but that's yeah, a, a very interesting game. And Leipzig, who did Leipzig get? Uh they drew yeah, Sociedad. Sociedad. Yeah, interesting game that as well. Um Sociedad, or my boys Man United played them in recent times and they've got obviously capabilities. I'd expect both German teams to come through that. Um, and I think I think that we could see a very strong push from from the Bundesliga, particularly in the Europa, because we could well see four teams going fully at it um, with with Frankfurt and Leverkusen uh, to come. So that's very interesting as well. Um, just seeing if there are any uh, any more comments or questions. Uh, that we've got Ben Morris. Uh, Evening, Ben. Hope you're doing well. Um, what do you make of the comments regarding Haaland today? Sounds like he's going to Man City in the summer. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mark, do you want to do you want to take that one?
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, it has been quite uh, talked about over in the, the German media. But yeah, I think, to be honest, it's not really such a big surprise, in all honesty, really. You know, I mean, we all expect, we know Dortmund's policy. You know, they sell a superstar every season. You know, last season it was Sancho. This season it'll probably be uh, Haaland. And then the year after, probably Bellingham, let's be honest. Unfortunately, that's just the way it goes, really, for Dortmund. I mean, obviously, Patriotic Irish, you'll probably give us a bit more clarity on that. But yeah. I mean, I think it'd be a great signing for City. I think it'd be a great signing for any club. Let's be honest. I mean, the guy, what? He's still only twenty, twenty-one, and he's already one of the best number nines in the world. So I think, yeah, it'd be a great signing for City. I'm surprised they didn't go in a little bit harder for him last season as well. But it seems as though Dortmund obviously just said no. Like, obviously they signed, they sold uh, Sancho for big money. So,
0: but yeah, I mean,
1: I think he will be a great signing for any Premier League club that wants to take him. But I mean, obviously personally, I'd like to see him stay in the Bundesliga. I mean, I'm an English guy, but I mean, uh, my team, uh, Wigan, is far from being like anywhere near the top of the, Bundes- uh, the Premier League. So, yeah, for me, I'd rather see him stay here in the Bundesliga, to be honest. But. Absolutely.
0: Right. Well, I think that's all the questions that have come in so far. Um, if we get any more, obviously, we'll go through them in due course. But let's try and finish off the featured four uh, fairly
1: quick fashion. Yeah. So,
0: Mark, over to you to carry on.
1: Yeah, for sure. So we're going to finish with two really, really good two, like Bundesliga classics, really. You know, classic attacking games of football, which we love to see at this level. So, yeah, the first one, RB Leipzig, obviously thrashing Gladbach 4-1. Obviously, the big talking point was the fact that Jesse Marsh got fired. We talked about that last Monday. And then obviously, we now know that Daniel Tedesco, formerly of uh, Schalke, obviously his biggest experience, obviously came from uh, Spartak Moscow as well, where he spent a couple of years. But yeah, I mean, for me, it's a good appointment, and I think this was a really, really good performance as well from RB Leipzig. Ed, would, do you have any more comments on the appointment of Tedesco? So I actually was kind of
2: on the opposite side. I didn't get his appointment. I didn't think he was particularly good at Spartak Moscow. He, I thought, under you know, I thought he was a really up-and-coming manager when he went to Schalke. Obviously, he did well at Ertzgeberau our just, you know, little team in the mountains Yeah, <laughs> and he, he had earned his spot, but I, I guess this is where you were looking at, uh, like say as more of the philosophy of the club. So I, I guess it makes sense when you look at the, the bigger picture of how the club operates, but just on its face, I was confused. I liked Jesse Marsh. I thought he deserved a little bit more of a chance, but things clearly weren't working and I mean, they, showed up on the weekend and they were just clearly the better team they probably could have scored more than four
0: yeah i think uh glad were ideal opposition at the moment they're ideal opposition for everyone aren't they um leaky as anything um I, I, to say that it could have been the same scoreline at halftime in the friedberg game wouldn't you know wouldn't be an under kind of underestimation of how well rb played um Maybe um, a highlight's real or a kind of nice summary of as to why things maybe didn't work out for Jesse Marsh was the performance of Andre Silva. Um, uh, a th- firing Andre Silva in that game gets three or more goals. I'm certain of it. He obviously missed an open goal effectively um, after a mistake from Jan Sommer. Cuckoo um, tees him up and he hits the bar. Um but yeah, overall, in terms of the game itself, um, some more set-piece uh, headaches for Gladbach. Uh, obviously, RB's first one, nice, nice ball in from Forsberg for the Cavadio header. Um, and there's some more trouble uh, that was caused throughout the game. So, a lot to work on for Gladbach. Um, Ed, do you think we'll see Adi staying staying in a job for much longer? Or do you think he'll be the next casualty?
2: I think he's going to have to be something has just gone wrong. I mean, Gladbach aren't, they're not that bad of a team. They should be a very solid top half, top six team. I don't know what's gone wrong. I think it's kind of funny with Luka Nets going there, leaving Hertha uh, going there because he would get more playing time. And then, well, he didn't get off the bench this week again. So I do get a little bit of joy out of that. But in, uh, Adi Hooters' days are, they're numbered, they're numbered. Gladbach shouldn't be fighting relegation.
0: Yeah, well, it seems that there's still this hangover potentially after the Marco Rosa debacle. And, and let's face it, it's caused loads of teams' headaches because of the domino effect that happened as a result of that managerial transfer move. The, the merry-go-round that ensued and it's... It's not benefited many clubs, has it, really? Um, so, that, that's been a bit of a kind of a backlash as to what, what's happened so far um, this season. Um, but, yeah, very good win for RB. Can they now back it up? That'll be interesting to see. Uh, yeah, shall we should go on to game number one then?
1: Yeah, for sure. And talking of teams, you mentioned that famous merry-go-round with the managers at the end of the back end of last season. But, I mean one team that are now starting to bear the fruits of that managerial change are the team that adi hooter obviously left and that is uh, eintracht frankfurt i mean obviously glasner he started off atrociously didn't he i mean he couldn't buy a win for the first what 10 games but now he's on a run of four wins out of five and this was a brilliant performance for frankfurt you know I just thought they were absolutely outstanding in this game of football. Obviously, the key point is the fact that Leverkusen went 2-0 up in no time, really. You know, what within 20 minutes? We know that by Leverkusen, they like to fly out of the blocks in games, don't they? And like they often get early goals. And obviously, they went 2-0 up through that man, Patrick Schick, who for me has been one of the best players in the Bundesliga this year. I think he's having an absolute stormer of a season, and he took it to... You took it at the time. I think it was six goals in 110 minutes of football. Because obviously you got that four-four yeah. pack against um, yeah, against Furt the week before. So I mean, what a record that was! Six league goals in what was 110 minutes at the time. But then Ed, it just completely fell apart from two nil, didn't it? What happened?
2: I mean, that's what you love about the Bundesliga, isn't it? This is just, <laughs> and this is this is why you watch it. I just wish you could have had the full house i think that would have yeah. you know really just added to it um, unfortunately but no i mean so they give up the penalty to patrick schick and then they stormed down and pull one back almost immediately and i think from there mm-hmm. the wind was just completely gone from Bayer Leverkusen. and they were beaten as soon as they gave up that goal immediately it only took them another seven minutes to pull back level so all of that work i mean the recruits were just flying From the start of the match, they were rampant. I mean, five minutes in, they're already up, and they're up two within twenty. You saw the Eintracht Frankfurt side that you would have expected to see in previous seasons, where they were just that attacking machine, and just you know they still didn't even have the majority of the possession. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was Leverkusen who had almost sixty percent of the ball. They just took. Good shots. Almost half of their shots were on target. And Leverkusen just couldn't stop them when they came forward.
0: Yeah, good stuff. Really entertaining game. And maybe starting to see a few uh, few newer names that are now uh, going to be Frankfurt um, heroes or first teamers that we see scoring goals and making an impact. Um, obviously, that kind of trio from last season that me and Mark obviously were, were always kind of singing their praises were in fact, obviously, it was the the um, silver Kamada and, and Kostic kind of trio. And it was just goals galore and it was brilliant to watch. Um, but now in the last few games, we've seen um, Jesper Lindström kind of come to the fore a bit more. He's got a couple of goals um, and Jasic, um volleyed in his first Bundesliga goal, I think. Um, so he has also got a bit more time um, on the pitch as a result. Uh, so made up for his odd handball by striking in a lovely fifth goal, actually one of the, I was about to say one of the best um, of of the weekend, but I think uh, that probably goes to, I think it was Nico Dorsch's strike for Augsburg late in the game. That was a hell of a hit um, on that Friday night game. But uh, yeah, Ed, do you think uh, we'll now see a new kind of vision with Frankfurt and some kind of newer newer names to follow? I do. That's,
2: I mean, I guess you just see kind of the system that Freddie Bobic built there. And so even though he left, it's not like all of that knowledge falls apart. At least that's what successful clubs do. If one person mm-hmm. leaves, you still are able to fill the void. I was shocked to see them doing so poorly at the beginning of the season that they were very much a better team. And it looks like they have finally gotten that sort of understanding that mm-hmm. they needed to. And they, I would not want to play Frankfurt. Uh, in the next two matches before the winter break. And honestly, the winter break probably comes at a bad time for them just as they are really Mm -hmm. starting to pick
0: up steam. Yeah, absolutely agreed.
1: Yeah, for sure. Obviously, just one other comment as well, just before we move on to that, yeah, obviously um, our partnership with Bully News seems to be uh, bearing fruits as well, yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, Patriotic Irish said, yeah, yeah, had to report on it over the, on uh, Bully News as well, yeah, couldn't have gotten a better game, yeah, so yeah, good to see some of our kind of cross partnerships as well there with uh, Bully News as well yeah okay but yeah let's uh rory did you want to say something before we
0: move on yeah no i think that obviously sums it up quite nicely just uh, about to say that we're we're kind of running over a little bit so yeah. um we'll maybe kind of save our talking point of the week that we we're going to do and maybe do it in another show um yeah. as we're mm-hmm. kind of going over a little bit on time um it would have been kind of on the lines of uh hoffenheim and their kind of run of form right now uh but we can leave that for another show um, and we'll have plenty of time to do some more kind of in-depth talks about um, our talking points of the week and different things like that as we go on. Um, so that probably brings um, the show to a quite nice uh, close and wrap. Um, one thing to look out for is, of course, the midweek games that are coming flying at us uh, from tomorrow, Wednesday, full set of fixtures of Bundesliga action. So you're very lucky uh, that they'll be coming our way. And, um, me and Mark were kind of discussing a little bit about uh, potentially doing a watch-along, but we're not overly sure if we'll be able to kind of uh, synchronise our diaries or indeed have the same game to watch live on TV, unfortunately. So we'll we'll kind of let you know if we're able to do that. Um, It'll be good fun trying to do a watch-along at some point. If we don't do it midweek, we will do one soon uh, as we've never tried one before and be interesting to see if everyone out there would enjoy that. Um, but I think it's fair to say that it's been a really interesting uh, show, actually, uh, with you, Ed. So thank you very much for your time, uh, giving it up uh, again like, during a busy work day for yourself. Uh, it's been really interesting to have you on to talk uh, a little bit about Herter.
2: Yeah, th- Thanks again for having me. There are a few things I love
1: talking about more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah great great yeah so yeah let's just close off the show like obviously if you enjoyed what you saw today follow us on twitter at over the bar fb and at over the bar extra yeah obviously check out our main site which is obviously otbfootball.net you can see everything we produce with over the bar on there also we do a lot of written articles as well which continue to come you can find the written articles on just about any topic basically on, on the, the chat on the show yeah, also remember to, to follow the YouTube channel as well, because also we've, we've not only got the Bundesliga, we've also got the English Football League One and League Two show as well. So for some of you guys that like a bit of niche football from the lower leagues of the, uh, the English pyramid, where my team is as well, <laughs> Wigan Athletic. But yeah. Remember to uh, follow that as well. Check it out. I think it's every Wednesday and Thursday. But, yeah. But we will see you again uh, for the uh, predictions ahead of um, week. What will we'll be 17? Actually, next weekend is the last one before the uh, the winter break. Yeah, What are we going to do, Rory, for the next three weeks over the winter break? Yeah.
0: Well, we'll, we'll, just be we'll just be constantly posting our Derby Day diving. That's all we'll be So don't worry, everyone. There will be loads yeah. of content coming out from us. There all all the... Winter misery of not having Bunsley football. We will fill the void. Don't, uh, don't you all worry. Um, yeah, and exactly. yeah, I think on Thursday's show we'll probably make it more of a review and prediction show if yeah. we can to go yeah. through. Uh, especially if we don't do
1: a watch along. So yeah, we'll do a bit of a review as well. Yeah, exactly. Just one more comment from uh, up the latics. Yeah, we got some other Wigan followers out there as well. Yeah, thanks for the appreciation on that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, guys. Well, yeah. Thanks again to Ed for the show, and uh, yeah, we'll see you again on Thursday. Thanks all. Good to see you then.